0: to Talking About My Generation, a pop culture podcast dedicated to movies, television shows, and video games of our generation. Uh, This week, we are coming back. Actually, we're coming back for James Bond January. This is something we started out last year, and we're coming back. I've got Mike Blanchard back with us. Hello. Uh, Hello, sir. And we are now going to be starting into the Daniel Craig era of... James Bond,
1: just kill me now. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, this we
0: are starting off with the Casino Royale film, which, oh man,
1: I don't know about you, but this was kind
0: of painful for me to watch. (laughs) This movie's
1: too goddamn long. So here's the thing folks. We, we last year we did my favorite uh Pierce Brosnan. And the reason why, you know, I know everyone's like, "Oh, what about Sean Connery? What about, you know, older than shit Roger Moore? What about Turn- Tony Jimmy?" I like all of them, but for me, where I came into bond was the resurgence 20 years ago. Goldeneye is 20 years old this year. Jesus. In 1995, Goldeneye was the key to what Bond is now at this point. And for me, Pierce Brosnan still is my favorite and best, most enjoyed Bond. So when they announced that, oh, yeah, guess what? We're going to go back and we're going to get Casino and we're going to do it as a reboot and we're going to do it as an origin. We're going to show you how he first got his 00 status. And I'm like, why? The character is 40 some. Like, the way they initially. The way I read the stuff that initially came out about this film, it was that they were going to have a younger Bond and have all this stuff. And I'm sorry, Daniel Craig is not a younger Bond at all. No, the it, man has gray hair in this movie. I. And when I first saw it, when I first saw what they were going to be
0: doing, all I could think of was, "Oh shit, they're doing the James Bond Jr." No, they're not. Uh, no, 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 no. I mean, when I first yeah, heard about I it, know, that's what yeah, I thought. I I'm like,
1: "Oh god, no, please." <laughs> um. Now, the interesting thing here is you've got <laughs> Martin Campbell coming back from GoldenEye to do this movie. He did a good job directing the movie, but the overall plot of this and the overall pacing, oh my god, this movie is too fucking long. The 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 fact that they spread a
0: poker game over two days that should tell you something right
1: there. Okay. Go back twenty-one Yeah, go back twenty one years to nineteen ninety four. You had a movie with a Riggs and a Gardener, and you had Jodie Foster and all that stuff. They had one. They had a series of poker games on a boat over a period of days. The final poker game was one night, and yeah. this and that was Maverick for those that haven't gotten it by now this movie has one poker game over two and a half days. Yeah. That's a long ass poker game. Yeah.
0: Just. (laughs) So let's, let's delve into the plot a little bit here. Um, do we have to? (laughs) Well, yeah, I I kind (laughs) of, I kind of need to just so that people know why we hate this film. Uh, Basically it starts off where you see James Bond and he kind of confronts this traitorous MI6 chief and this is like just about just before he gets his 00 status. He tracks him down. Dryden knows that Bond's got to kill him to confirm his status that he's 007.
1: See, that's the thing about this movie. It takes two kills to do to get your 00 status. The first kill was his contact that was Dryden's contact. And then Dryden was the second kill.
0: Yeah. And it was just like, oh God, really? That, that, it was kind of important so that we could see how he got double O status, but at the same time, it was just, it felt like it was kind of just this flippant here. How here's how I got it and done, you know, it felt just dragged out to dragged out and yet compartmentalized for what it was. It could have been a lot better. I thought, uh, you know, there was that, and then there's him getting, you know, him going to Uganda and finding out about Le Chiffre or however you said his name. Le Chiffre is how yeah. I said
1: it, but
0: yeah, it, you know, and they find out that we could go,
1: we could go Little Mermaid on it and go Le Chef. <laughs> God, that probably would have been better.
0: Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they, they go through that. Um, you know, you see Bond going through Madagascar and tracing down a bomb maker, and the parkour mm-hmm. chase was was kind of cool. I, I did like that. The
1: parkour chase is awesome; it really is.
0: Yeah, that was one of the few things about Casino Royale that I liked. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he gets back. He gets back to London. M uh, like just basically lambasts him for everything and says, "You know, look, you kind of just." You know, here, you really need to rethink your future as an agent. I'm not sure that you're cut out for 007 status. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, he goes through and he, he starts finding out about the these poker games. And he's, you know, he ends up stopping a terrorist attack in Miami International Airport, which, you know, they go to arrest him. And, like, everybody's pointing guns at him. And then the terrorist goes to blow up the plane, and he ends up blowing himself up, which... I was kinda like, okay,
1: you know See, I knew that was gonna happen because you had Bond you had him hanging off the gas truck. Yeah. Because the guy placed the little node or the little explosive thing on the on the bottom of the gas truck. Cause he was gonna drive the gas truck into the plane. So when Bond was hanging off and I'm like, Okay, that's that's obvious. He's yeah. going to grab he's going to see the thing, he's gonna grab the thing, and he's gonna place it on the guy. Yeah, and it's just going to blow the guy up and it's not going to blow the plane up. <laughs> One thing that's humorous about this that you kind of skipped over was the fact that he breaks into M's house. <laughs> yes. I, I, and M's I like, how the hell did you figure out where I was living? <laughs> See, here's the thing, folks. As I said, I'm a Brosnan Bond fan. Now... Did they change M's in the early days a lot, like in the Connery? And did they, or was M always the same person from film to film, from actor to actor?
0: I think M was pretty much the same. I mean, it wasn't a Desmond Llewellyn type of thing, but because they right. did have M change, but right. it wasn't like it, it wasn't like when they went and they said, "Oh, here's the new M," and then you know okay. when they went from uh, Judy Dench to Ray Fines, and they did the whole. We have a new M type thing. Right, They
1: did that later in Skyfall, which we'll talk about later this month. But it's one of those things where because Bond changed and because they said this was going to be a Bond reboot film starter and it was going to be a younger but like I really did not, as much as I love Dame Judy Dutch as as M, as much as I love her as M, I really did not want her on this new path because to me it seems like they're trying to link where we left Brosnan and die another day and yeah. now to 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 this franchise, to this actor with Daniel Craig. And the fact that they say that this is supposed to be in Bond's early days, but yet it takes place after 9-11, that is so ass backwards. What the hell are you people doing? Come on, Barbara Broccoli, get your head out of your ass.
0: Yeah, just there were a lot of things wrong with this. And one of the other things that irritated me about this film, they do bring in a character of character Vesper Lind or Vesper Lind, who happens to be the British Treasury agent. And she handles the money, you know, basically giving Bond a penny. I, there, there's a line in there and I, I know I'm screwing it up. But they make a reference to Money Penny, but Money Penny is not actually in this film. This is the first Bond film where we don't have an actual Money Penny.
1: What the fuck? I mean, <laughs> I mean in the grand scheme of things, I kind of like it because of what eventually happens, but. Yeah. Yeah, it was a little weird not having a Money Penny and not having a Q.
0: Yeah.
1: But at, at that time, it had only been. 12 years since Desmond's passing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was just there was there was a lot of things with this, you know. They, he he finally does meet Vesper Lynd, and and the thing that kind of interested me was that Vesper, he and Vesper actually do have a, I mean, they she becomes the the Bond girl for this film, but it's you know where where previous Bonds we see him just kind of hooking up with one woman after another throughout the series. Here he actually kind of has this. Love for her, and you know, there's a relationship building, and he actually wants to leave MI6 for Vesper. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of like, wow, and maybe that's why he ends up sleeping with so many women throughout the rest of the series, you know, is that, or you know, according to this, is that hey, I've been burned by this girl, you know, because it turns out that Vesper is she's a turncoat, she's a traitor and she mm-hmm. sells them out. And that was, that was another thing that just pissed me off about this film was like, God, get to it already. If you're going to mm-hmm. have her have the twist, get to it and be done with it. Have her come over and, you know, whisper in Le Chief's ear and that's it. You know, have yeah. her turncoat in front of Bond and everybody else.
1: Mm-hmm. It just, this movie. Oh my God. Like, I thought I was going to enjoy this again. I really did, but there's just so many convoluted things with this script. It just doesn't work. Like if, like, I, I, I do love how it starts with the black and white. I thought that was a really nice touch, really classic touch. I love oh, yeah. the open, I love the opening titles with um, Chris Cornell, aka you know Soundgarden head front man doing the You Know My Name song. I love that song because I've loved him and some of the other solo work he's done. Uh, he did a song for 1998's uh, Great Expectations called Sun Shower. I love that song. But, I mean, I love the guy as a musician, and I love the intro to this because it shows off all the casino stuff and everything else and the cards. and It's kind of like a whole Alice in Wonderland kind of thing with the Queen of Hearts and whatever else. But, like, that's where the overall enjoyment stops because there's so many illogical things with this plot. Oh, I know (laughs) Illogical things and too many plot twists that take far too goddamn long to play out. Well, and the fact that they twist this into
0: basically going on to the next film, which we'll be covering quantum of solace by when bond rejoins MI six and says, you know, i don't want to tender my resignation after all. He starts looking for clues, and he finds out from M that Vesper was being blackmailed by Quantum, which is the organization behind Le And so Vesper basically spared Bond's life uh, in exchange for her own plus the winnings. And, mm. you know, M kind of just says, hey, you know, let's let's move on from this. And they don't really have any leads or anything like that. And so Bond goes and finds a text message from Vesper with Mr. White's name and phone number. And mm-hmm. he basically tracks Mr. White down to Lake Como. He
1: shoots him in the him. leg. Right. Calls him, shoots him in the
0: leg. <laughs> and then walks up, the name is Bond. James
1: Bond. James Bond. And then we have the end of the film.
0: Yeah, it was like... it. It sets it all up for Quantum of Solace, which... That we will discuss later.
1: I yeah, that, that's next episode. But here's the thing with Casino. Like, I get they wanted to finally, ma- you know, make a a, a full on legitimate Eon Productions of Ian Fleming's original novel for the. For, but the way they did this is just like we already said. The parkour fight was great, but. After that action scene, a lot of the other action scenes just kind of – they don't fall flat for me, but they just don't have this – and I know I need to get over, oh, my God, it's not Pierce anymore. I get it. It's never going to be Pierce again. The yeah. guy's too old. But it just – i this movie, oh, God.
0: Yeah, I mean there's, there's a scene. They give him an Aston Martin and they have him tearing down the road in the Aston Martin and all of a sudden he sees Vesper laying in the middle of the road. And he swerves and flips the car, and that's all you see with that Aston Martin. That, and then when he's shocking himself in the car with the defibrillator because he got poisoned. Uh, you know, all, I'm having flashbacks of what was it, Goldeneye, when he's riding around in in the BMW <laughs> at the airport, and I just was like, really, this is it? You give him this great car, and you tell him all gadgets. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all I can think of is. Wade, don't touch any of the buttons in that car. Oh, no, I'm just going to go bombing around in it. That's the idea.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, and that was, that was the thoughts that I had. And I was just kind of like, oh, this could have been so much better than it was. And it just fell flat.
1: I think what made this so much cooler was the reintroduction to Felix Lighter, played by Jeffrey Wright. Yeah. I think he played that character amazingly well. The whole, you know, kind of top secret CIA guy and doesn't really, he does stuff, but he doesn't really have to do anything because Bond is obviously the central character, or whatever else, but he guides Bond in certain ways. And I wish that they would have <clears throat> over the films. I wish they would have developed that more. Yeah. Um, they don't. Um, and the fact and we'll talk about this next time with Quantum of Boredom and I get that I got that name from another podcast that I listened to uh, it's called Better in the Dark I'll, I'll have to send you a link you can throw in the notes but uh, when they first did it uh, I believe I believe it was them that said Quantum of Boredom because Quantum of Solace the the end result of the plot of that movie and we'll talk about that next week but the end result it's like poison the water hole yeah exactly <laughs> Somebody's poisoned the waterhole. There's a snake in, <laughs> my, snake in my boots. My boot. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, Casino Royale, I, I enjoy certain elements of it. There's not a lot of the action pieces that I enjoy. Um, I've never been – I will even – well, you know, when we talked about Tomorrow Never Dies last year, I even complained about this. I'm not a fan of a, I used to be as a kid. I'm not a fan of a lot of underwater scenes. This might be the worst underwater scene a Bond film has ever had. Uh, <laughs> the, the
0: the bits in in Venice were just like, okay, look, they they blow up the building. They crunch, They you know, they drown her in an elevator in a fucking water hole. <laughs>
1: Yeah, God. You know, all as I can think of for this is um, <laughs> is uh, Super Mario Brothers. Uh, uh, one of the Super Mario Brothers cartoons. They end up in Venice <laughs> for an episode. <laughs> that's, that's all I can think of um, when it comes to the Venice scenes. Um, I, I just think that they should have come up with original, like. Like I said earlier, I understand they wanted to adapt Casino, the, the book of Casino Royale. I get that. I just don't – like they should have made it a continuation of the original Bond line that they – because doing it as a – they wanted to do it as a prequel or they wanted to do it as a, as, a, as a throwback to his early days. Well, first of all, Daniel Craig is too fucking old. At least he, he, he looks too fucking old in this movie and he only he only ages even more horribly – as the movies continue, yeah, uh, there uh, there's discussion for that with Scott. Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely, yeah, yeah. we're yeah, we're, we're going to get to that. But I, I, if you want to advance the plot or the timeline or whatever, don't sit here and say this is from his early days. Because if it's from his early days, then it should be pre Doctor No or pre you know whatever pre Goldfinger. Like, uh, just kind of. Yeah. Oh, makes my head hurt, and next week the next film is gonna make my head hurt even more. Oh, God. yeah, Quantum of Boredom. I'm sorry, folks. If anyone that's listening to this that likes this movie, that's that's all well, good, and fine. But this is so not the way they should have started the Daniel Craig era of Bond.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, it was like I, I got the feeling like they were trying to fit some little nods in the film, and they just didn't. Everything fell flat. Yep. Like, I mean, they had the scene where he comes out of the out of the water and it's it, it's supposed to be a take on the Ar- Ursula Andress thing. Yeah, of you know, her coming out and he's wearing little you know, Speedo shorts type thing. And I was like, oh god. He,
1: he's he's no honey rider. No.
0: And, and I mean I get that hey, that was more beefcake type thing for the gay guys and the women out there, but <laughs> I, I just kind of went eh. I, I
1: um I mean I okay Daniel Craig's Bond as like the action guy, as in like the full-on fight scene kind of, I mean, you you look at the parkour scene and you look at the point where he where they're up on the, the there are certain parts of that where I enjoyed his his action, but what I really enjoy in this film with Daniel Craig as Bond is how he handles the lines and how he handles the little, sub, the little subtle moments in it, like when he's got what's his name's wife in there and she goes to I, I guess slip into something even more slinkier than what she already has on and he calls down to room service and he's like oh send up a bottle of this and some beluga caviar and and i guess uh he's not paying attention somebody uh, somebody on the line asks him oh ask him something about probably for two he's like oh no for one and he walks off you know and, and he leaves her there with the with, with the champagne and the caviar I like the way he handles those little moments, and the way he handles the actual spot- the the actual moments of being a spy. I like, but he is just so unbelievable as a Bond action character to me.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was. I don't know. I I know we're nitpicking this thing apart, and let's yeah. let's just move on. We'll, we'll go on to the cast <laughs> before we start really just spending an hour tearing this thing apart. Yeah. Um, Let's delve into the cast. Obviously we have Daniel Craig as James Bond, which I will say this, it does get better. It just takes at least two films for him to become Bond. Yeah. You know, that's it. And we'll, we'll leave it at that. Uh, Before this, you know, I, I don't remember seeing him before this, but apparently I guess he was in a couple of things. Well before he was 007. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was in Layer Cake back in 2004. He was in The Jacket with, um, uh, what's his name, Uh, Adrian Brody. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let me see, he was in Road to Perdition. He was Connor Rooney in Road to Perdition. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he was Alex West in Lara Croft Tomb Raider, which... He was
1: don't remember that. Yeah, I don't remember that either. He was also Master Cain and a kid in King Arthur's court in 1995. Oh, see, I don't remember that. Yeah, I, I don't remember that either. You know. um, yeah, I mean, before Bond, I did not know who the hell this guy was. Um, and even even after Bond, just looking at his like Adventures of Tintin, Dreamhouse... Uh, you know. um Although he was, and I'm gonna put,
0: I'm gonna put the line in there. He was Harrison Ford's Wookiee bitch. Yeah, I'll have to send you that clip. Yeah, Daniel Craig is my Wookiee <laughs> bitch now. Yep. <laughs> um, all from Cowboys and Aliens. So yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, he has played James in five. Yes, five different video games. 007 Quantum of Solace in 2008, GoldenEye 007 in 2010, James Bond 007 Bloodstone, GoldenEye 007 Reloaded, and he was in the 007 Legends game, which had various Bonds in it. Um, But, I mean, seriously, I I, I just can't take – I can't wait till we get a new Bond – well, I don't, and, even, I don't even know who they could get in this day and age, but I just cannot wait for a new James Bond. I, I, I'm gonna tell you right now, according to Wikipedia or not Wikipedia,
0: <laughs> IMDb's web page, they have a Bond 25 announced, mm-hmm. and it says Daniel Craig is rumored to be James Bond again, and I'm just like, I, I doubt that. I really doubt that. It's time for a new Bond.
1: I. You know why I doubt it. Because something surfaced recently, like right after Spectre came out, where he was quoted as saying, I would rather kill myself than play Bond again. Or he said something about killing himself or committing suicide than playing Bond again. So yeah. I don't think he's good You know what I'd love for a Bond 25? I'd love them, and I know they're not going to be able to do this with a lot of them, but... I would love for them to do something what they did with the 007 Legends game, where it's various versions of James. So you can get the like you could get I don't care how old Pierce Brosnan is, people, he's my Bond. You could get Pierce back, you could get Craig back, and you could have like some weird alternate timeline thing or something. I know that's probably not realistic for spy stuff, but it just something needs I, I can't even think of an actor today. In their, forties or you know thirties, forties or fifties, that could play a good Bond.
0: I, I really
1: can't think of anybody in Hollywood right now.
0: They're they're going to pull somebody out, and I know that. And, and it's going to be, it's got to be somebody British because, God help us, if it's
1: if it's an American trying to pull off a Brit, you know. <laughs> All I can think of is. Unlike some other Robin Hoods, I can actually speak in an English accent. <laughs>
0: yeah, and, you know, Carrie always might not be a bad dog.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, but, no, looking through, to get back to our cast here, uh, we've got Eva Green as Vesper Lind. Um I'm looking, trying to see, like, what else she's done. And I know that, I know I've seen her before. She's, you know, she was gorgeous in this film. Just, you know, she was not your typical... Busty, big, you know, perfect beauty type of thing. But I thought she was good for this. Um, Let's see. Vesper Lind was in... uh, She was in Dark Shadows. She was in 300 Rise of an Empire. Um, Quantum. Well, she showed up in Quantum of Solace in the video game. She was in Kingdom of Heaven. Um, Sin City,
1: a dame to kill for.
0: Yeah, I mean... Wow, she really didn't have a whole lot before this. It was like she had Kingdom of Heaven, Adventures of Arsene Lupin, and the Dreamers before Casino
1: Royale. Yeah, this is kind of like supposed to be her breakout, I guess. And Sadly, that didn't happen too well since she didn't end up living through the thing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but she's coming back. She's going to be, for those who are fans of the Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children series, she's going to be Miss Peregrine in the movie, so... I'm kind of looking forward to that to see. Uh, she's also shown up on all the episodes of Penny Dreadful on Showtime, for people who've mm-hmm. seen that. Um, I am not one of those people, but it's out there. So
1: never even I've heard of it, but
0: I've never even seen Yeah, it's like horror films kind of reimagined, oh from what God. I understand. No way! <laughs> it, it's like Victorian horror, horror yeah. stories that are kind of put together, so it's how they did it. But that's what I know
1: about it. So, Uh, um, what's it, Mads Mikkelsen or whatever his name is, Lachif? Yeah. Um, Right before this, he was the Danish dub voice for Chick Hicks and Cars. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) That's what it says here. Oh, dear Lord. Yeah. Mm -hmm. After Casino, um, the 2011 Three Musketeers, he played Rochefort. Uh, he was in The Hunt in 2012, um...
0: That's where I've seen him. He was Hannibal Lecter in the Hannibal TV <laughs> series.
1: hmm Yep. Okay. Um, I mean, not a whole hell of a lot of stuff going on with this guy. I mean, not, uh, not stuff <laughs> that we
0: would recognize, necessarily.
1: Yeah, apparently this year he, um played the accountant in uh, Bitch, you Better Have My Money, a Rihanna music video. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, see, when you had the Brosnan and, and I, I'm sorry, people, I know I'm beating the Brosnan era with a, with a wooden stick here, but when you had the Brosnan era, you actually had actresses that were well, somewhat well-known. I, you know, you look at Goldeneye. Okay, sure, the chick that played Natalia may not have been that well-known, but you got Famke Johnson as as on a top. In Tomorrow Never Dies, you had Terry Hatcher. I mean, it's fucking Lois Lane from Lois and Clark. How can you not, in, you know? Yeah. I mean, in uh, World Is Not Enough, um, there was a couple. Uh, well, um, Sophie Marceau, not Sophie Marceau, yeah, was it? I don't remember. And then obviously in Diet of the Day, you had Halle Berry, but it's the problem with with, with the Daniel Craig era of Bonds. The, the Bond girls are like, who the hell are they?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not great, but it's not, they're not bad either. It's just, it's not like, it's not like some of the big Bond girls that we've seen before. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Let's see, Judy Dench, Dave and Judy Dench. What can we say about her that hasn't
1: already been said? There's not much until Skyfall, honestly. There really isn't much about her characterism until Skyfall. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she has done an amazing, amazing amount of of work. Um, well one of my favorites was when she played Elizabeth.
0: Yep. And oh my god, she had it spot on and i'm not you know i i wasn't a fan of J- judy dench until then it was like oh man mm-hmm. you know bow down bow down bow down she is she deserved
1: shakespeare of yeah you know yeah see goldeneye was my first exposure to her <coughs> really um and I, I love her, as, you know, because and we already mentioned this last year. You know, oh my God, a Lady M. What you know? What's this world coming to? And yes, so, you know, she was in Chocolat in two thousand. Uh, she was in the Chronicles of Riddick of all things. <laughs> Don't know why, but um, here recently um, past. Skyfall, Inspector. She's got next year. She, oh, she's gonna be Miss Avocet in the oh. Miss Fitter Green. So it's gonna have the <laughs> the Bond girl and M in the same movie. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that works. Um, she has done M in a lot of different. Uh, uh, Bond games, 007 Everything or Nothing from 2004, Rogue Agent in 2004, Quantum of Solace 2008, uh, the ones I already mentioned, Bloodstone, Legends, all that stuff. I love um, the Bond games for me. I love Nightfire. Nightfire was a PC game for that that basically was was the Brosnan era. And then Rogue Agent was like a whole – like that's what I wish they would adapt into a Bond film is the Rogue Agent. Video game because you start off as as Bond and then you have to play a rogue MI6 agent um, going after it. It just it was just so cool. I just absolutely love that. Um, other than her, I mean, there really isn't
0: Jeffrey Wright would be the only other person I would yeah. mention out of this just because Jeffrey's done a couple of things. He was in the Hunger Games films. Um you know, he showed up on boardwalk empire. That's really about it that I would mention with him. You know, I mean, yeah. we've seen him and that was the thing when I saw him in this and I saw the beard on him, all I could think was, Hey, I saw him next to, you know, he was in hunger games. He was that other guy. That was it. That was all I could remember of him, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah um but yeah casino royale it's not uh it's an okay start it's not a a shotgun out of the park kind of thing but
0: yeah just i i I don't think we have much more that we can say on this
1: without no horse and yeah people you know you know. Doug is always asking for that bad iTunes review. Here's your perfect chance. Defend Casino Royale. I dare you. Defend Casino Royale and tell us why it is a good Bond film because it honestly isn't. You
0: know, I tried. The very first time I I went and bought this film, so this should tell you how long I've had this. And this is the (laughs) second time that I've watched this film. I bought this when it came out. Blockbuster Video was still in business, and they had it for sale in their bargain bin. And I went, "Oh, James Bond. I haven't seen this one yet. Let me pick it up. It's only three bucks. Ah! <laughs> That's it. It was painful. Mm-hmm. It was really painful to watch. And I'm just like, yeah, now I know why it was only three bucks.
1: For me at the time, I think it was 2008, 2000. I don't know. They did the the 20 Bond films at the time kind of thing, or 21 or what? Well, no, it, it was 20, because Die Another Day was the overall 20th film, celebrating the, the 40th anniversary. Um, and it was after Casino had come out, and they threw Casino in as like, oh, hey, the 21 Bond films. So I had this giant-ass box set with all the Bond movies, and – they were spread out weird, like that I, I loved that box set. I really did, but the way they <laughs> spread out those like I was expecting one whole set to be each era because there's I think there's four or five I think there's four big boxes in that set, right. I was expecting four eras, Connery, Moore, Dalton. But the way they spread – you know, Brosnan. The way they spread it out was like, hey, here's a couple of Roger Moores. Here's a couple of Sean Connerys. Oh, here's a couple of Pierce Brosnans. And then they offered in the two-disc version of Casino Royale. It's the only time I had ever owned the movie even for this For this episode of the podcast, I only rented it on iTunes. I did did not want to own this film.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, and like I said, I picked it up. I had no idea that it was bad at the point that I picked it up at Blockbuster. And for three bucks, I figured I can't go wrong with that. Yeah, yeah, I could have. (laughs) But at least it's coming to handy to see this, you know, to be able to watch it again for this podcast. So.
1: Uh, Think about this. This is the 10-year anniversary of when this film came out. Oh, Oh, my God. God.
0: Yeah. So I think that that's pretty much it. Have you got any final thoughts on this, Mike? Other than what you mentioned.
1: Over on um, over on the GCRN, we have this universal rating system, zero to five stars. And honestly, I'm probably going to give this a, a, a three. It's a middle ground rating for me because... I can't give this any less than that because of what happens in the Quantum of (laughs) Boredom, and that's probably going to be my lowest-rated film out of these four. Uh, You know, like I said already, certain things I enjoyed, but overall, it just doesn't doesn't work.
0: Yeah, I I, if I do the five stars, I'd probably have to give this two and a half. just because there there are some good things. You know, the parkour <laughs> scene was pretty cool. I'll, I'll give you that. You know, that's one of the few things that lifted this film up. But other than that, there just really wasn't anything good about this film. You know, just it felt like it dragged on way too long. I mean, the very first time I watched this film on, on DVD, I was falling asleep through half of it. and It was in the middle of the damn day. I should not be falling asleep during the middle of a fucking James Bond film.
1: <laughs> I, because <laughs> I watched this right before, like, I just finished about 45 minutes before we started our recording session today, and um, the whole time I'm sitting here watching this movie, I'm just kind of waiting for the thing to speed up and for things to not really resolve themselves, but for the the, the pacing to move. This is slower than the tortoise, and slow and steady does not win a James Bond race for me. (laughs) It just doesn't. It needed to be paced a little bit better. Um, I'm sitting here watching it, and I'm like, because the way iTunes does it is on the left-hand side, they'll have, oh, you've watched – an hour and 10 minutes or an hour or whatever else on the right-hand side, it has negative, like how much is left. So it's like negative 44 minutes or forty. And I'm like, Oh my God, there's 44 minutes left in this movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. It,
0: you know, it, this, uh, there were just so many things about this, that the, the lack of gadgets in this, which, you know, I was kind of like, that was something no. that I loved about the, about the previous series was that you always saw gadgets yeah. in there. And this, there was
1: the defibrillator. And- yeah, they, well, they tried to make the, Daniel Craig's Bond a more serious, more dark kind of bond. There was no more gadgets. There was, no, there was essentially no comedy. I mean, the only line that I absolutely cracked up at was when the bartender asks him, you want that shaken or stirred? Does it look like I give a damn? Like, yeah. really, that's the only line that really made me crack up. But, like, because I'm so used to the comedy aspect that Brosnan brought to it and and just the, yeah, no. Casino Royale, no. Just, yeah. just, no. All right, folks. So we're going to go
0: ahead and sign off this episode here. Uh, Mike, have you got anything going on over at Geekcast Radio
1: Network? Oh, that you man. Talk we've, him? we've got a whole bunch of stuff. Um,. I believe by the time this airs in January, James Bond January, if we're talking about my generation, we will have our nominations up for GCN Awards. Uh we've got plenty of stuff going on over in the pullbag, Tooncast Beyond, um coming up in February. The pullback is gonna have Fiendship is Friendship February, which is our My Little Pony, first ever My Little Pony comic spotlight. Um uh, we got an interview with uh, Britta Phillips, the singing voice of Jim. Uh, there's just so much. Head on over to GeekCastRadio.com. Check out all the content over there.
0: <laughs> and for those of you who have not checked out Talking About My Generation before, we have all of our episodes listed out there on MyGenerationPodcast.com. You can go check us out there and listen to previous episodes, rate our stuff, leave comments there if you'd like. If you want to write into us, you can write it at My generation podcast at gmail.com. Leave us feedback. Also, go out to iTunes and leave us feedback out there. I know Mike mentioned it. I'm still waiting for the one star. (laughs) Maybe you agree with me on this. I don't know. Tell us. Tell us if you think this was one of the crappier Bond films. I want to hear about it. We'll read your stuff on there. Uh, So, thank you all for listening, and you guys have a great evening. Come back next week for Quantum of Boredom. Uh, Quantum of Solace, excuse me. Boredom. No, you you had it right the first
1: time. (laughs) Oh, crap.